Hey, 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 it's Q&A day, which means if you have Q's, I have A's. Basically, it's a question and answer day where we take all of the things that you're stuck on, the things that you just can't move past, and we give you clarity. And my favorite part of today is that a lot of people are going to benefit from the questions that were sent in, mostly by our All Access Pass holders and a few from our website, you know, weekend participants. If you want to check out either of those programs, go over to our website and do that, travelmarketingandmedia.com. But for today, we have some great questions and I can't wait to dive in. Hey there, I'm Sandra McLemore, and I have trekked both the globe and the travel industry for over 25 years. From my first steps as a travel agent to my exciting career as a travel TV host and contributor on network news and morning shows. And now coaching over 42,000 travel entrepreneurs. Guys, I've seen the highs and the lows of what it means to market and sell travel. Whether you're taking your very first steps in the industry or scaling up to reach amazing new goals, perhaps feeling a little bit adrift and looking for a compass, you, my friend, are in the right place. In each episode, we're going to learn from stories that inspire, strategies that work, and conversations that dive deep into the heart of starting up and scaling a travel business. Fasten your seatbelts, stow away your doubts, and prepare for takeoff. This is your boarding pass to the Travel, Marketing, and Media Podcast. All right, next question is from Jamie Allison, and Jamie is from Jet Setting, and her content is about fresh weekly content. She says, my niche is celebration travel, which I've broken down into three categories, family, friends, and romance. I did the exercise and have my experiences in each destination. You mentioned on the PS that one experience per destination is our content for the week. For me, I've been doing two experiences per week per category. Uh, My question is, should I continue to do one experience per category or one experience overall, but show how that one experience can be adapted to each type of travel group? I'm leaning toward the latter, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks so much. I love this question. So yes, I would lean towards the latter unless, okay, here's the thing. If you're sending one email, this is what's going to determine the answer for you, Jamie. If you're sending, and this is for anyone who has multiple niches. If you're sending one email and you are sending it to your entire email list that week, and it might be um, why um, the Walker's Wood um, experience in Jamaica is so amazing and what it's all about. That might be the experience you're talking about, right? Because you're trying to sell more of a certain supply, maybe sandals in Jamaica. So you're trying to get people to understand the experiences that they can have when they go to Jamaica. So you pick Walker's Wood, which for those of you who don't know, is a beautiful outdoor um, kind of mini walking tour in the mountains in a garden where you learn all about the herbs and the spices and how they were traditionally used in old school medicine. And then you go into the actual factory where they're sources are made and imported world famous sources are made and imported exported all around the world it's a really cool activity it's good for families because you can take kids it's good for couples um, and it's good for groups of friends right so if you're sending that email out to everybody on your list you would use that one experience and say um, here's an overview of the experience why it's great for families at the bottom is a subheading This is great for families because it's outdoors, the kids can walk, it's uh, tactile, it's interactive, they can touch, and the staff themselves are very animated and easy to 
Um, they're really good at explaining things in a way that kids would love. And we're talking like kids through to teenagers, why it's great for lovers, because this experience um, could foster cooking together. Um, so it could lead to cooking together because not only do you learn about the herb spices and you go in and see all the sauces being done, but they have a place where you can eat and then you can attach a cooking class to that at a different location. And it's a really romantic thing to do that you can then take home and continue to do together. There's like two dishes that my husband and I cook together and I love them because we work really well doing it. It's nice. It's relaxing. You can have a glass of wine, put some music on. Imagine doing that experience with your significant other while you're traveling and then bringing it home. Why it's great for friends? Because it's a little bit of everything. It's for your outdoor friend is going to love it. Your food focused friend is going to love it. Your curious friends are going to love it. So you would just list those three subheadings. The alternative, if you have multiple niches, is to send three separate emails where you would start off the email. You would have to have your list segmented, which means you have to know exactly who on your list is a romance client and a family client and a friend's client. And then you've got to send, you would um, adjust the email and just go straight into it. Walker's Wood is great for families because Walker's Wood is a great experience for lovers because when you're heading off to Jamaica with your friends, Walker's Wood is a great activity for the crew because here's the only concern that I have doing it that way. As much as I love targeted, laser segmented um, marketing campaigns, there are people, You one, you may not know who's who in your list. And two, I am, for example, all three of those groups. I want to go on vacation with my friends. I want to go on vacation with my husband. And I want to go on vacation with my family. So my suggestion is just to do one experience each week, just like I've given you that example of going to Walker's Wood and then list subheadings why it is the most amazing experience for families or friends or lovers. I hope that that helps. Okay, let me see if I can get another question in today. I absolutely can. We're only halfway through. Next question is from Denise Hansuka from Travelox, and her question is also about Fresh Weekly content. So Denise says, Hi, Sandra. You use a company for some of your photos that show tablets phones or magazines with your content. For instance, the header of this page that she's filling in her question um, has one. Can you please advise the company that you use for this? Thanks in advance. I love this question. So actually, if you head over to our website, travelmarketingandmedia.com, the first thing you're going, that you're going to notice, of course, is that you don't have a menu at the very top. Well, we do that on purpose. We want people to be able to go through and read every single thing on our homepage and then decide where to go. So if you scroll all the way down into our footer, it's kind of like the utility drawer or the junk drawer at home, except it's not junk. It's got the full menu of everything. And there's three columns of white text. There's online courses, social media solutions, and explore. And under the explore menu, you can click on smart tools. The other way to get there is to go travel marketing and media dot com slash smart tools. Now inside of smart tools, you're going to find in here everything that we currently use or have ever used in our business. And it's divided by three tabs. So stage one is that you just need the most basic smart tools to start your travel business. Stage two, when you click on that, the list changes and it says, I need smart tools and resources to scale my travel business. And stage three is I'm already profitable and I need smart tools and resources to skyrocket my travel business. So when you scroll down, you'll find a bunch of our tools in there. The actual tool that we are using is called Placeit. And Placeit, it's Placeit um, is, and it's listed in here. You can go and take a look. 
place it is where you can create free mockups. Now, the other thing I do want to point out is that you can create mockups in Canva as well. I'm not sure if it's a pro feature or not, but you can definitely create them there. And there's a bunch of free mockup sites. We just really, really like um, Placeit because of the number of mockups that you can do in there. Um, and you'll notice, in fact, when you go over to our Smart Tools page, every image that you're looking at is a mockup. We did a screenshot of, say, for example, Buzzsprout, and then we put Buzzsprout into a laptop to make it look like someone was actually on the website and then stuck the logo over the top of it. So place it is the one that you're looking for. Head over to our Smart Tools page and have a look at all of the different resources that we have on there and um, see how we, we actually describe not only the resources and the tools that we use, but how you could use them in your travel business and give you some examples. And then you can click through. Some of them are affiliate links. So we do earn commissions on some of them if they're paid products. Um, and other ones um, are just our favorite ones. We've used all of them before and we currently use a bunch of them as well. So I hope that that helps. Okay, so this question is from Shari Wynn from Soulful Odyssey and her question is about events. She says, hi, Sandra, great seeing you in Budapest. <laughs> I'm going to see you too. It was so, so nice to see you. Um, I'm going to host a river cruise night with a river cruise line. I have never done this before. I did host a virtual cruise night last year. I need suggestions about number one, the venue. Should the venue match the price point and the feel of the cruise line, country club versus lecture hall at a university versus restaurant versus museum? Um, and number two, what's the best way to advertise, especially since I have a limited, very small client list? Should I partner with a local business like a financial planner to gain access to their client list to invite? What about food, um, et cetera, that kind of stuff? Uh, thank you. Okay, so you want to spend as little money as possible during this because there are no guarantees. No guarantees. You want to put in as much effort and be as prepared as you can, but you don't need to feed people. You could literally just have a bar open where um, people get a glass of champagne as they walk in, but it's an open bar where they can just buy their own drinks. You could um, let people buy a drink from the bar and you might have a few canapes that go around. You could not provide any food and drink and that's okay too. And the reason I say that is because I think about the things that my husband and I have been to where, think about even weddings. We've been to weddings where no drink was supplied at all. It was a complete cash bar. We've been to weddings where it was a complete open bar, like no limits on anything. We have been to events where they served uh, like a 50th birthday we went to where there was no food served. So we were at a taco truck right afterwards. We've been to um, events where they said that food was served. <coughs> Excuse me. They said that food was available, but it was at the YouTube um, YouTube campus in Los Angeles and when we got there, food available meant like four things. It looked like an, an in-flight menu, but really worse. And so people's expectations of what's going to be there are in alignment with what you tell them. I'll say that again. People's expectations of what's going to happen or what they're going to get is in alignment with what you are going to tell them. So say, for example, I was doing a masterclass in Los Angeles for travel advisors. I would not put on any food. And I would not put on any drink, any tea, any coffee. At the most, I might have bottled water, but I probably wouldn't do that either. I would have a room that looked nice, felt nice, and smelled nice. And then I would give fantastic content. 
Because at the end of the day, if that's what I marketed to come and learn about this, hear about this, see this, that is going to be what I have to deliver. Nobody's going to say, oh my gosh, I went to Sandra McLemore's event. Well, actually, I'll tell you, we have um, we have an event coming up at the end of this month. They're, they're paying for their own accommodation. Um, it's a full day and a half and we provided lunch and we're providing snacks. So lunch is a three-course meal. We didn't offer options. We um, definitely uh, catered to dietary restrictions, but we didn't offer a menu of anything. We didn't offer fancy food and drink throughout the day. We literally went to the grocery store and bought snacks that we're taking with us, um, like chips and cookies and stuff um, that we um, that we're just going to put on the desk, like in a basket or something like that. Um, we're going to have, um, soft drink like soda and bottles of water. And it's really simple. However, if it wasn't for the fact that it was an entire day, like that, I think they're arriving at 8am. We have them arriving at eight and they're leaving at 4.30. If it wasn't an entire day like that, or if there were food establishments right there, like if you could walk out of the room and there were food trucks or cafes or restaurants, we wouldn't be doing food at all because when you do these things, they cost money. And they take a lot of time and things can go wrong, which you will have to troubleshoot on the spot. So again, it's not about the fact that, well, that's really cheap that you wouldn't give food. It's about what you put out there. People's expectations are going to be aligned to whatever you put out there. Um, Shakespeare said heartache is greatly, heartache is always caused by expectations. And I think disappointment is too. Disappointment only is cause because of expectations, the expectations you had of somebody or something. So I would find a beautiful room somewhere. I would uh, have a look at maybe a restaurant um, and especially a restaurant. If it's not an evening, that's even more ideal. Like it might be if they're only open for dinner on a Sunday evening, for example, you might do a Sunday afternoon um, like at two o'clock, maybe they're open at five o'clock. So you could do two o'clock to four o'clock or something or two to three thirty. Um, that's a good option. A wine bar during the day, um, even an art gallery, not having food and drink also makes it a lot easier because in places if like I've had an event before in an art gallery where we just hired chairs. Um, I think they, did they have, no, they didn't have chairs. We literally just hired chairs. We got a party place to drop off chairs. And then we had um, a giant projector. And you, again, you might just have a couple of bottles of water and maybe like a basket of chocolates or something when they walk in. It's the feeling that people have when they get there that's important. And then what you deliver that you said you were going to deliver. In terms of having a very small list, Yes, you absolutely always want to maximize the number of people that come. So I think that uh, collaborating with other business owners is absolutely critical. So I would go out um, and talk to maybe like having it in a restaurant or a wine bar is going to be helpful because they have their own people that they want to bring in. And especially if people stay for dinner afterwards, I think that that's an amazing thing to do. So why don't you look, yeah, why don't you look at a restaurant uh, find a restaurant that opens, you know, five, six o'clock for their first seating and go and see the restaurant owner in person and say, hey, listen, I'd love to do this 60 minute, 75 minute event. Um, it's literally just a meeting, like a chat, but then to have everybody stay back and have a reservation for dinner afterwards. And it's at their own expense. So um, 
you might say on the invitation that goes out, here's the invitation, click here to make your dinner reservation, um, click here to, to make a dinner reservation if you'd like to stay for dinner. And um, that I think is awesome because if I got invited, and I always want you to do this, Shari, I always want you to ask yourself, how would I feel if I got this? So if I got an email from my travel advisor and she was in my city and she said, hey, we're having this night and it's all about Egypt because that's what's on my bucket list. So I have to think like that. It's all about Egypt. I would love for you to come. It's going to be held at this restaurant. Um, it doesn't even have to be an Egyptian restaurant. It's going to be held at this restaurant at um, 4 p.m. or 3.30 p.m. on a Sunday, and it will roll straight into their first seating. So if you want to, you could um, you could have a date night or you could have a date night with yourself, your friends, whoever you want to bring. And that's another way to increase the number of people who are coming as well. Bring a group of friends for dinner, go for dinner and come early and do this. Um, because you never know, you might end up um, you might end up finding a vacation for a group of friends or family that want to go together. And I would love that actually, because I, I kind of look at that kind of event as, oh, Anthony, let's go learn about this. It's going to take like an hour, but then we can just stay there for dinner. Let's get the babysitter. And all of a sudden it's a thing. And you haven't gone then and spent a whole bunch of money um, on things that don't matter. And those things I will tell you do not matter. What matters if the room is clean, that it's lit nicely, that it feels nice. I would spend $50 or $20 on a really nice bunch of flowers, um, whether you bought them and cut them and arranged them yourself from the markets or you got them from a florist. Um, I think flowers on a table is just the most beautiful way to go. Maybe if the venue allows candles or electric candles, uh, a little bit of a display there, but honestly, nothing else. Uh, your job is not to feed and entertain. Your job is to provide incredible content. And as long as whatever you promise them is what you deliver to them, it's always going to be okay. Okay, next question. Last question for today is from Vicky Lopez. And Vicky is from Gotta Love Travel. Her question is about social media. She says, Sandra, I've been very consistent with my weekly content. And I post in my group at least three to four times a week. I ask questions in the group, but I can't get the group to interact. Do you have any ideas on what I can do to get their attention or to get my posts to be more visible to them? I don't know the Facebook algorithm, so I'm at a loss. Vicky, the trick to getting any group of people to speak is for them to be interested and interested in speaking up. I want you to think about it not as a Facebook group. I want you to think about it, Vicky, and anyone else who has a Facebook group, as perhaps a group of 30 people in a room or at a, sitting around a dinner table. Think of those times that you've been to a conference and you've had a big dinner table full of people. Think about the times where you might have gone to an event and a group of people have been sat around together. Think of the times back to the latest special interest group you were in. It might have been when you were at college. It could have been a common interest group. What starts people talking at a table, people of a group of strangers? Because your Facebook group is a group of strangers. What gets them going in a group? It's all about looking to the person next to you and finding that you have a similar interest, that you have something that you can both easily talk about. It's about the host at the dinner table starting a conversation of which everyone can pitch in. 
So if you're asking some really good posts that I see in Facebook groups by travel advisors are ones where you're asking them questions. It might be share your favorite travel photo from a trip that you've been on. I want to see them. I want you right now to find for me on your phone or your computer a picture of you on vacation and tell me why this is your favorite picture. It might not be the picture that you love the most of yourself. It might be because it sparks a memory, because it gives you a feeling inside, because it takes you back. So show with me your favorite picture. I'm going to drop mine now here. This picture is of me um, in Ireland when I went to kiss the bloody stone and I had no idea what I thought it was going to be. And I got there and I was super grossed out by the fact that everyone was licking the same stone. So instead I decided to go down to an Irish pub and sit and have a meal. And this is that picture. What's your favorite picture? And why is it your favorite travel picture? That's a really successful post that I've seen in groups. Remember, of course, that just because you post, not everybody sees your post. So sometimes when I want to generate more activity in my Facebook group, I'll post a question like that or a post like that. And then I'll email out to my subscribers in my email list. And I'll say, hey, today we're posting our favorite pictures of our favorite vacation memories. Come across and join the chat. And I want to see your favorite picture. Or today we have a poll going and we want it, we're, we're debating out X, Y, Z. So those are some things just to think about. Not everyone, number one, not everyone sees everything in your group. And so that obviously doesn't help because you're posting. And even if you do a great post, not everyone's going to see it. And number two, you really want to do posts that have people engaging. So have people uh, answering questions because sometimes people aren't comfortable asking questions to get them to answer a question. Have you been to Paris? If so, what was your favorite memory of Paris? And if you haven't been, is it on your bucket list? Or here's my favorite movie of all time that is travel related. It's Under the Tuscan Sun. What movie made you just gaga for that particular destination? So I hope that helps Vicky and anyone else who has a Facebook group. There you go. All of today's cues with A's. So if you have a question that you would love to ask me, maybe it's been sitting on your mind for a while. Maybe maybe you don't even recognize it's a question. I'm going to put it to you like this. Not if you have a question more, are you stuck? If you are stuck on something and you just can't seem to push through, maybe it's that you don't know what the answer is, or maybe it's that you're trying to do something, but it just feels like Groundhog Day and it's never getting better and it's never moving forward. If you have a question or you're stuck on something and you're an All Access Pass member, send your question in to me. I would love to answer it on an upcoming episode of the podcast. Until next episode, bye for now.